Hello and welcome to the Crown Crane Mental Health Podcast. Um, I am joined today by my very good friend, Elijah. Um, Elijah, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah. Great stuff, great stuff. So would you just um, mind introduce you, introducing yourself to um, the good people listening? Sweet. So um, my name's Elijah. I am an uh, engineering student studying civil engineering as an apprentice with a company called Blue Engineering. I uh, also do a lot of like community work where I am a youth trustee director for an organization called Love Life Generation, which is solely focused on uplifting the youth in the borough, ensuring the communities, you know, united and living as one, um, taking care of each other. And yeah, that's pretty much it. How's your, how's your day been? Um, my day's been pretty different in terms of, I didn't sleep till like later on in the day but that's because of other reasons but yeah besides that it's been really productive i uh, managed to run one of my sessions great stuff great stuff um so yeah so like we're here obviously to talk about mental health today um and i just want to know like first and foremost how did 2020 treat you before we get into anything else i want to know how your 2020 went you know everything from the effect of COVID-19, the whole pandemic, and, you know, the Black Lives Matter and social movements that happened in 2020, you know, we saw a lot happen in that year. How did that affect you? How did you cope? Um, 2020, well, that was, <laughs> that was a mad year, because to start it off, I had my birthday in mm-hmm. the lockdown. So it was literally the very start of, um, you know, not going outside, social distancing, all this stuff. Mm. And initially, I was a bit downed but also relieved at the fact that I hadn't made any plans with my friends I hadn't made any arrangements to celebrate and that's mainly because of like past experiences with birthdays you know there's a lot of drama around that but it was sort of like, like an escape yeah and that I didn't have to worry about you know oh who's gonna come what am I gonna do what are we doing entertaining people all of that stuff yeah so in that sense it started off in a very um positive turn for me in the fact mm-hmm. that I was you know by myself I was able to focus on things that I hadn't done in ages i.e drawing my art my um computing you know yeah. coding stuff here and there yeah. but yeah and then first couple months went really smoothly until it got to a point where you know the lack of social interaction had me you know feeling a bit down because yeah. I wouldn't I wasn't able to like I don't know, go to the park with my mates or go for a coffee, go for, a, you know, a lunch or whatever. Yeah, and that had a really, really, I wouldn't say it was a massive negative toll on my life, but mm. it was, it was, it was, there was something that was different. And obviously because you're alone, it's hard to like express yourself with the people around you because, you know, you have this image of yourself that they, they see and, you know, you got to keep that up. So, you know, the morale is kept in the room. The energy is the same. You know, you can't just be, as much as it's encouraged, I find it hard to, you know, just say that, oh, I'm not feeling well today. I'm not feeling like myself. I just, you know, try and match the energy in the room. And yeah, yeah that also isn't a good, um, you know, coping mechanism, as I've heard. But yeah, <laughs> and then things got worse mm-hmm. when the Black Lives Matter thing happened because there was a lot of media and information being brought out to the public things that had happened in the past and people that hadn't got justice mm-hmm. things that were happening now in the present and you know the same sort of like nature of cover-ups and oh yeah we're gonna do this about it and then nothing happens that sort of thing yeah 
there was a lot of an influx of, oh yeah, Black Lives Matter, we're doing all we can for all the young people and, you know, all our employees, for people that worked, but there wasn't really that support, even though people were like saying it. Yeah. Like besides the guidelines of, okay, we're not discriminatory, we're not racist, there wasn't really much support in terms of how people were feeling due to what they were seeing in the news and stuff. So yeah, social media was definitely a thing that I gave up for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to like keep saying, and as much as it made me a little bit ignorant of things that were happening, I I found that as much as it's not the right, I don't know if it's the right thing to say, but ignorance is bliss sometimes. Just just say it, use your voice. Your voice is a tool right now. You say it however it comes out. Yeah. So they say ignorance is bliss. So I was able to keep sane and keep positive and as much as you know that it's it's not it's not a thing of in, intentionally um overlooking that people are struggling. It's just a thing of, you know, I'm trying to be okay, I'm trying to make good of what's happening and, you know, try to keep positive. But yeah, I went off the socials for a bit and then I missed out on a lot of interactions. And yeah, catching up made it even worse. I feel like I should have just stayed in with it because it's, it's the same information i was getting at the end of the day but yeah fair enough fair enough you know um um i think we can all kind of relate to your experience of the early 2020 was very much the same for me um you know the whole social movement and really feeling let down by all of these companies that were stepping forward and it, a lot of it felt like they were just doing it for clout you know, um, just to look like, you know, we're ticking a box, we're here for you, we stand by you. And then a month later, it's just BAU, you know, back to business as usual. And it, you, you don't matter. It's like they popped up, they did their bit for the culture. And now it's just back to the same old, you know, you know, to put it in, 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 um, in a frank way, the same old BS, you yeah, know, exactly. um, and back to us not really mattering. Uh, we just mattered for the moment. We just mattered to make them look good. We mattered so that they showed that they were doing something about it. Um, and then it's just back to business as usual. Um, I, I want to kind of now just explore, you know, first of all, before we even get into anything along the lines of, you know, what you're doing differently this year, I want to get into um, kind of your mental health journey and where it begins. Um, you know, what's your experience in mental health? It doesn't necessarily need to be you that's gone through something. It could just be, you know, um, you having helped somebody through mental health and that's your experience of it. But I just want to know where your mental health journey begins, you know, and I, I encourage you to be as open as you want to be, be you know, as open as you, you feel comfortable being this is your show and um, it can go in whatever direction you want it to go it can be as deep or as shallow as you want it to be so yeah just hit us with it where does your mental health journey begin yeah my journey with um, mental health is is a bit it's tricky because obviously you know you go through things and you just can't explain it and you are trying to find answers to things but sometimes it's not available because the awareness is is minimal so i'd like to say i started my journey in 2017 but in terms of the effects mental health had on me, I believe it was earlier on as to when I was like six or six or seven. But yeah, from in terms of the things that affected me when I was six, I must have been in primary school and I was asked to stand for a prefect post. Obviously in Uganda, being a prefect is a very, very prestige um, position to be in. So everyone is really encouraged to like apply for posts. And obviously I wasn't 
that confidence to apply for like bigger posts like head boy i went for like you know just sanitation because obviously i had a few issues with sanitation i wanted you know to be the cleanest in, in in the place so i was like yeah i could definitely apply for this one now i'll have the input necessary knowledge to you know be a good sanitation prefect but as i'm as i'm campaigning i come across this teacher yeah. who said something to me she said oh you look like your dad and i i grew up with a father figure but i never i never looked yeah. like him and this sort of yeah. like yeah. this this spun me intrigued me into you know um doing a bit more research into what this comment meant because it wasn't the first time i heard it it was just like the fact that yeah. someone that was a complete stranger said this to me yeah. and yeah so um i go back home that day and i'm looking around and then i find out that the family i was living with wasn't my um immediate biological family there were my aunties and uh, my auntie and uncle oh. were raising me basically i wanted to find out the reason why but it came in yeah. later when i was watching a program on tv and it was called that's that's mm-hmm. like one two and um yeah so this lady and this lady was very familiar so I asked my mom struck auntie uh who's that lady yeah and she goes oh yeah that's your auntie mm-hmm. um she calls you every sunday obviously you know when you're a kid like aunties and uncles are calling and you're just like oh, i don't want to answer but yeah so this lady used to call yeah. every sunday she would call every time um i'm going back to school every time i'm going back from holidays like literally she would be calling and i'm like mm-hmm. oh yeah so why is it that every time you're telling this lady things that i've done like obviously not like if i fed into <laughs> my homework or if i um you know <laughs> took a sweet without asking for permission they'll be like yeah oh yeah Elijah did this Elijah did that to this lady and i'm like this is a bit random mm-hmm. but yeah yeah eventually i put two and two together i saw her name in the credits and i looked at my one of my photo albums my baby albums and this lady's mm-hmm. name was in there and it turns out she was my mom and the reason the reason wow. as to why she had left was because my <laughs> father and i got attacked when he was when i was a kid i was 2 i was 2 years old at the time and yeah, yeah we got he got attacked and that was with him and he didn't make it and wow. yeah so the media was attacking my mom blaming her because she wasn't the, she wasn't the first first wife so yeah you know how like you can't yeah. like literally everyone's going at her yeah 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 and like oh yeah you're the reason yeah. as to why this and that you're the reason this and that so she had to take yeah. she had to take a break yeah and no, I can imagine bro wow yeah and to make life move forward she couldn't obviously do it in UG so she um yeah you know sourced all the funding she could get all the friends all the knowledge and she moved to London where she was yeah, yeah. initially working like a care job so like scrubbing yeah. toilets and all that stuff which you know it's not a very prestige mm-hmm. um it's a very different it's a it's a massive change in career path isn't it so yeah no of yeah, course obviously yeah. didn't treat her properly but yeah and then mm-hmm. when i found out i was i was weirded out like you know yeah as you as you would be like how how old were you that you still sit when I, when i found out i was 7ish 7 8 yeah we're on okay. the same age gap yeah, yeah. But obviously i kept it to myself yeah. because you know i didn't mm. I, i didn't want to say anything yeah mm. and yeah i'm figuring things out uh the calls get more frequent the yeah so obviously i then told my best friend at the time that uh mm-hmm. dude look i don't think that the family i'm growing up with is my real family obviously i didn't know what mm-hmm. real family was back then so you know yeah. just a simple like telling off 
I felt like I was, you know, the outsider in the family because obviously I knew all this stuff before. So every time they told me off, every time they um, tried to correct me, put me in the right path, I felt like they were doing it from a perspective of a an outsider because they weren't treating me the same as, yeah. you know, their kids, which, which wasn't the yeah. case. But, yeah. you know, your mind goes places, right? And yeah, mm-hmm. so... I told my best friend, I'm like, yo, look, I don't think these are my family. And he's like, oh, yeah, um, I don't know about that. But, you know, I don't think you should be talking about this stuff. And then he told his mom and uh, his mom then told my auntie slash mom at a um, party. So then after that party, um, you know, it was all good vibes. We get home and she's like, oh, Elijah, come into the room. Let's have a chat. And I was like, oh, what did I do now? And she goes... So I heard you told your friend that I heard you told your friend that I'm not your mom. Do you believe this mm. to be the case? I was like, ah, oh, my days. How did you find this out? Like I was, you know, I was trying to do a little investigation, trying to be the next James Bond or whatever. But yeah, I, I lied for a bit. I was like, no, nah, I didn't say that. She's like, no, nah, yeah. Elijah, you can tell me the truth because obviously this this happens to be the truth, and I'm not your biological mom. But the reason as to this is because obviously she's telling me now that my dad's been shot and she's telling me the reason I had this scar on my hand. And yeah, yeah, so the whole story pans out and she's like, yeah, but obviously, you know, we are your family. We, we've we always loved you. And, mm. you know, you're like our son. We'll treat you like our son, all of that stuff. And in my mind, I was a bit angry as the fact that I wasn't told. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's not the kind of yeah. conversation you can have with a kid, but it definitely had you know effects because every time i would i would speak people were like oh elijah you remind me of this guy i saw on tv you remind me of is he your dad and i'm just like oh man i've never met this guy but people keep comparing me to him and i just i just felt like yeah. an imposter you know what i mean yeah. yeah yeah so and at such a young age as well like I'm just trying to just get my head around all of yeah. this, but still kind of just processing all of this as a seven-year-old. Wow. Yeah, so it, it would like, I would start panicking at times. Every time I do mm. something wrong, it could be the slightest thing like, oh, I forgot to wash the dishes and I slept. And then in the morning, mm. I just hear my name and I'll just be like, oh, what do I do now? I start going to my room, I start shaking, I'm in the corner. And obviously no one's there to support me. No one's there to help me because they don't know I'm going through this because obviously I'm keeping a front. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it got really bad. And I would like, I would shake and shake and shake. Like, obviously, it, it, and I found out it was like a panic attack, but I, I yeah. didn't know at the time. And it just kept becoming more and more frequent and more and more frequent. And I was just like, okay, um, I don't like feeling like this. So um, I want to do something about this. So I like take hella pills just to stop it. So like paracetamol is very available. I just, yeah. yeah. And is it still, what, what age? This is, is it? like, it's still, it's still very, very young. young. It's before I was 13. Because um, okay. later on, I meet my mom at 13 for the first time. But this okay. is all going yeah. through happening before that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my biggest escape happened when I went into boarding school. Because this was a whole new cohort mm-hmm. of people. These are all new, like people I've never seen before. And I'm not with my um, immediate yeah. family, so I'm, I don't feel that pressure anymore. So these things, like, yeah. I stopped feeling that way, right? But then something happened mm-hmm. when I got my first um, C3. So obviously, you know, when you're like a distinction one student in Uganda, the grading system's like D1, yeah. D1. And then, yeah, I must have got a C3 in chemistry, and my teacher was angry at me. And 
there we go. This feeling starts again. I'm hiding. I'm running away from people. People trying to talk to me. I'm just being this weird, like, entity to them. Like, they're trying to show mm-hmm. sympathy. They're trying to be like, yo, Elijah's so good. But I don't want it. I don't. I literally don't want to hear it. None of it. And, yeah, so it then happens to be um, VD, so Visitation Day. And, you know, everyone's, like, grooming up. So the barbers would come in you cut your hair or whatever and i don't want to leave you know my room i don't want to leave the dormitory but obviously people have come yeah. to see me so i've got to do it so eventually i muster up the courage i i, I clean up and then mm-hmm. and now i'm walking down the stairs i see them but in my head i've failed exams i don't want to see anybody they're gonna because i don't feel like i'm part of them anyway i feel like they're gonna punish me in some weird way and yeah like i go i sit down um, it's all good for the first like half an hour. We're just eating. It's all asking me stuff. I'm answering, hiding a lot of things. Yeah. Like it got to a point where I started like lying about things that I didn't need to lie about. You know, like yeah. they would ask me about. Yeah, I don't know how to how to. Yeah, but basically lying about things that you know you shouldn't have to lie about. Like it's not that deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah, yeah. And then this became a really like big habit. Like I'm just trying to cover up things because I know. If people found out, it would just take me back into this position where, um, yeah, I'm just closing myself off. But eventually they found out that I didn't do well, which wasn't a bad grade. But the fact that it wasn't the grade that I'm supposed to uh, used to be getting, it made me feel a type of way. So I was covering that up as well. So, and is this, is this all before you met yeah, your mum? this is all before. So from that one experience of VD, I didn't want to go yeah. to any other VD. When it came to going back home, yeah. I didn't want to go home. I would, I literally would have preferred to just have my food brought to me into school. Any new books <laughs> be brought to me in school. And even if I was the only one left, I wouldn't have minded. Obviously, you have to go home because of security or whatever. And that car ride home would be so awkward. I'd just be quiet. They're asking me questions. I'm giving one-night answers. And now the relationship between us is getting worse and worse and people are becoming more um, hasty and more defensive towards me. I'm becoming more defensive, apprehensive. I hated VDs. And then this one VD, my mom came, like from the UK and told me she's coming. Obviously now I knew she was my mom and I had to pretend that I was sick. Like as much as in my mind, I knew that I loved her. I knew that I cared for her. I just couldn't. So um, I'm out here faking illnesses, taking natural drugs, that I don't need to be taken, like, from the nurse and whatever. You know, like, when you fake a, a sickness mm. and she's giving you medication, you don't need to take that kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, eventually we did speak. And, yeah, she's told me that, oh, yeah, look, we've been planning to do this for a while, but we didn't know when you're old enough to understand. We didn't want to force all this information on you. And for a, mm. for a moment in time, I did feel abandoned. As much as that wasn't the yeah. case, it, it definitely felt like like that. But yeah, fast forward a couple of years later, this is two years later, mm. she's then um, come back and she's like, oh yeah, we're going back together. And so I've moved from feeling good about myself in this period of time because there wasn't a need to, you know, there wasn't a need to lie, there wasn't a need to, because everyone knew everything was what's going on, right? So there wasn't that. In- yeah, everything's out in the open. You've gone through all the trial and tribulation, all the hardship, and now you've gotten to that place. You know what? You've adjusted to yeah. your reality. So I literally and then just started becoming 
you know, myself again, talking to people in school and mm-hmm. um, people are like, oh, you're like actually really friendly. You're a friendly guy. And, and that's guy to talk to all of that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I didn't believe it. Like, it's weird. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm making friends yeah. now. And then I had a solid like group of people. And then as soon as that was going good, she's then said that, oh, we're moving. So I'm like, oh, what the hell? What's, what's this about? Like, the, the minute like it felt normal again, I'm being a, I'm being forced to adjust mm. to a brand new reality, and this is like a whole new country, a whole new um, experience. Like, the air yeah. was different, the whole vibe was different, but I was excited to leave. At the same time, I was not like it, it was mixed feelings. And then yeah, I come London first two three months i'm literally locked indoors um mm. surrounded was that just a, by, is that by yeah choice, this, by the way? this like, was uh, a choice because as much mm. as things were smooth with my original the family i grew up with i couldn't stand them yeah so i like it's not i don't know what it is but i just couldn't stand being around them so th- Every time I had the opportunity to leave, so if it's a sleepover, it's a trip, I would take it. Like, even if I was bored out of my, yeah, I don't know what the saying is, but I could have been bored mm-hmm. to hell and I still would have gone. But yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is the family in Uganda, like your, your, yeah, my your auntie. auntie. Okay. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. The love for them was there. It still is there. But at that moment in time, I just wanted to like leave them. But I didn't want to leave my friends. Yeah. You know? And obviously yeah. um I'm mm-hmm. excited to start this new life with my family. You know, I had a sister, um, stepdad. So, you know, so it's just a brand new, like the ideal family, you know, you, all these families you see on TV when it's like, oh yeah, the school runs and the breakfast in the morning, all that stuff. I was excited to live that kind of life because I had never had um Besides the drop me off to school, I never had a parent come to see me doing school performances, doing, um, yeah, like yeah. recitals, none of that. That was literally zero. So I was like, okay, cool. Maybe this is a chance for, you know, something new. Um, let's take it with a, take it with a clean heart. Let's, let's explore it. But obviously things weren't as easy as I thought they would be because my mom's going through stuff. She's uh, still studying, trying to pay back the student loans and all the loans she borrowed so she could like get the visa for me to move here all the lawyers she had to pay dna tests like it was a lot of money so. and the fact that she had to do all of that made me feel like a burden and as much as she would say that you're not i still felt it like yeah mm. so i've then finally gone into school the first school they put me in was a english and maths learning school which is weird because i I spoke perfect english my mathematics is really good but yeah they were like mm. we don't have any history of you so we're gonna have to put you in this system and i didn't i didn't enjoy that so my uh dad looked around for schools that would take me on and finally landed in the school in stratford and they uh they were like okay cool yeah we can take you on so I had to make an agreement to do all my year 10 coursework, my year 10 exams and my 11 coursework and year 11 exams within sort of like five, five or six months. Okay. So yeah, that commitment was big because 
I wasn't trying to let people down. You know, I'd let a lot of people down in my past and, you know, it's a new leaf. I'm trying to show commitment to it. So um, I'm having to stay after school and interventions, um, extra maths lessons. I mean, this is stuff I didn't really need, but I did it anyway because I wasn't trying to leave any room for doubt. You know, I was trying to be the best that I could be. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I'm doing all my art because I did RGCSE two days before my art exam. Mm-hmm. I go to a chicken shop and I lose it there. I left it there. Oh, the whole course. I literally didn't have to take that book that day. But something was like, oh, you can go home, you can put some more notes in, you can do some more work in. And yeah, I got distracted at the chicken shop and I lost all of it. This is year 10. Awful for wings. wings. (laughs) It was grilled wings, to be fair. So, yeah, so this is year 11 and year 10 stuff. Like, literally four months of hard work just gone down the drain. I'm like, what am I going to say to my teacher? So, the old Eli comes back into play. Like, you know, you got to fashion up a very good, believable lie that she's she's going to believe and she's going to be more lenient. And I was a new Mm. kid. So, I have that excuse. I could use that excuse. It was my literally my um my ticket out of a lot of trouble, right? I didn't I didn't use it that much, yeah. but when it came to it, I would use it. <laughs> so I go back to school the next day. I'm like, and this is like a really really strict teacher. Like she was no nonsense, but I was sort of like yeah. a favorite because I was showing commitment to work and stuff. So I'm telling her, look, miss, I went outside yesterday and someone took my book. And she's like, Elijah, is that the truth? Like, no one would take my art book unless they're trying to return it to the lost and found. But I was like telling her someone took it. Someone was jealous of my work and they took it. And now I go start again. And she's like, no, Elijah, just, you know, some of the truth. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to get in trouble. So I told her and we, we, um, we worked our way forward. So she was like, okay, you can just do extra lessons here and there. I can help you out with some stuff. And, you know, we'll try to get your, your, your work back up to a good standard. And to me, this was new mm. because if I ever did something like that in Uganda, I would have been beaten to a pulp. You'd be, you'd have been do you know what I mean? Man. Like, it would have been, it would have been <laughs> crazy. I would have not been able to sit on for years because mm. of how much I'd be beaten. She was really nice about it. And I was like, okay, cool. So this is, this is mm. new. Uh, to readjust myself again and yeah so we're doing we're doing all this artwork again and the day before the GCSE now like the actual GCSE before the um, coursework entries I get chicken pox like this is something that kids get right but I'm doing exams and I'm you know yeah. scratching myself all this. I've got to put all this stuff on my body I felt weird I felt like you know, everyone's gone through this at a young age and why am I doing it now? So this is all things that are affecting mm. me and I'm like, I could have definitely done better on a lot of things, but now I've got excuses. So I'm slacking on purpose because I can. And it wasn't the best, you know, mentality to be in, but it helped me with mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. I was feeling. Like it, it, I felt better about myself whenever I did these things. And it didn't it didn't sit right with me but the fact that in the moment i'm feeling good that i've gotten away from the situation because that has happened mm. yeah so anyway i've then done my exams of past i go into college i meet these uh, i was an engineering college so literally my um 
my group, my typical group of friends, you know, we're all nerds, we're obsessed with Marvel, anime, obsessed with engineering, robotics, all of that stuff. So we're literally in, we're in, yeah. we're in the, in the zone, like optimal learning environment for me. And yeah, so yeah, we're given all these promises. We're like, okay, guys, you can either come out with a degree, come out with a, an apprenticeship, or you can come out with a job. So people are naturally working towards these things. But obviously with any system, there are obviously favorites and I happen not to be one of those people. So yeah. opportunities were being passed around yeah. and I was never grabbing them. And this whole thing of me being yeah. an outsider came back into my head and now I'm distancing myself from people. I'm moving away. I'm not mm. trying to engage. And it wasn't up until I started the youth work that I do that I, that I sort of got the courage to reinvent myself into society. So we would yeah. do every Monday, we'd have a session where we talk about the things that are affecting us. It felt weird because I'm not used to talking about things that are affecting me. So I wasn't as open in the start. But yeah, we're talking about things that are affecting young people. And then we're trying to find solutions and realize that there's loads of other people that feel the same way. And they definitely need the same, same support. And yeah, we were just focusing on getting that support to them so we're running events we're doing all this stuff and i'm definitely feeling good i'm feeling good and then i meet this new group of people through these youth work stuff and we become really tight we become really close um they're really close friends yeah but they have history in mental health and it turns out that one of the core members of the group had um had taken his life due to not coping with his mental health properly or not dealing with it um, in a sort of inappropriate manner. So he sort of neglected it and it led to him, um, you know, taking his life. And yeah. it, it felt really personal, even though I'd never met the person. It felt really close to me because I would have been in the same situation as him. I related too much to the things they were saying about him. Like, imagine me, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sort of like shorter and you know more open more friendly whatever he was literally that guy and he he was yeah. like the light of the party everyone knew when he's around it's all good vibes and he was hiding all this stuff and yeah he took his life and it was a bit crazy because i would have been in the same situation if i hadn't like went on to do the youth work stuff because it was a release so we're talking about all of this and we're dealing with it, you know, running mental health first aid sessions. We're learning about how to support people, all of this, all of that. A lot more truths coming out from different other people. The group's all getting connected. But one of my friends now in Uganda then takes his life. Yeah. And I felt bad because I wasn't there for him. And I, much as I physically couldn't be there for him, I wasn't there for him. I had neglected him. I had, you know, yeah. as much as it wasn't my fault because I didn't have a phone, I didn't have Facebook, socials, I didn't have none of that. I still, it felt like I had left him, you know? Like, I could have told yeah. my mom that, hey, let's wait till I finish this. And, you know, if I had done that, I would probably still be here. But, you know, I just felt really bad. And that's when the, uh, the panic attack started again. So every time I was in social setting, like I couldn't yeah. be myself, like never, I couldn't be mm -hmm. myself. It's like, as much as I'm making all these jokes, it's just to hide the fact that 
you know, my legs are shaking, my hands are shaking, I'm moving around a lot, trying to play table tennis, trying to play pool. I'm doing things that I don't even know how to do just so I don't show it, <laughs> do you know? Yeah, just hiding behind like a fake wall of confidence. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just being all this off. big mouth and like, oh, you're trash at this. I'm definitely better than you just to get them to engage in that yeah. sort of activity with me so I don't sit still, so I don't have people looking at yeah. me because the minute they do, I would, you know, break. So, yeah, I'm... Um, yeah, just to take to take to take the exactly. attention away from you. Something I, I I do a lot, you know. I always tell people I'm shy. I'm a very very shy person. But nine times out of ten, people don't don't believe me. But yeah, it's very relatable, don't worry. Yeah. So yeah, these people are like, oh yeah, no, Elijah's fine. Elijah's good, but I'm not. And I'm telling them that I am good, and mm. I'm literally making all these jokes. I'm trying to be the best person I can for them because I don't want a situation yeah. of someone taking their life to happen again right yeah so anyway one of mm. my friends in school is now having um issues with uh schoolwork and it's having an effect on his life so I'm like um I met this group of friends and I think it would benefit you a lot if you joined us you know we meet up every Friday uh, I think it'll be really good for you and yeah so he's like, okay, cool, I'll give it a shot. But now he's joined and obviously we've become closer and now we're meeting up, we're, you know, buying each other food, you know, the usual friend stuff. But he starts doing things yeah. that I didn't necessarily agree with when he came to studying. So um, he's using, you know, he's using so he can stay focused at a rock, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like to him that, look, I really... As, as hard as it is to say I can't be your friend if you are using this stuff like it's not mm. good for you in a sort of like using that sort of speech to encourage him not to use it but he's big headed yeah. he's like nah I'm gonna use it anyway so I'm like okay cool I guess I have to stay to my word then so um, I'm like yeah I don't really want to engage with you anymore and whatever and this guy comes around and tells people that the reason he's failing is because I'm not helping him revise and I'm not being a good friend for him. And like staff teachers are getting involved and getting accused of bullying. This is something I never thought anyone oh, would ever say is. that Elijah is a bully. And the teachers are so surprised, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell did I do? Like, I don't want to out him because he's using, because obviously he's kept that side, he's kept that secret. But he, people got to find out, people have to find out that. You know, I'm not the person he's making me out to be. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, he's literally yeah. turning people against me, teachers, whatever. But end of the day, he's on like his own usage failed him. He started like reacting during classes and sessions. And yeah, as much as I was trying to be his friend, like he 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 did this to himself in it. And I tried to tell him that you don't do that, don't do whatever. But he's not listening, so. I'm, I've moved on. I've moved on with my life. He's then gone over to write a note. And he's like, oh, yeah, Elijah, I wrote a note. And on this day, whatever, you're going to receive this note as a message. But don't worry. As much as you're in it, it's not your fault. And I'm like, yeah, it was what? It was a serious, serious, serious note. And he's like, it would have been a peaceful method mm. anyway. I wouldn't have suffered. And now this is bringing back memory. Like I can, 
I'm forcing myself to be friends with him so he doesn't have to go that far, you know? Like, and he, he literally showed me the note he, he already had to be on the bus one day. Mm. But yeah, mm. it was a sort of toxic friendship. And it led me to believe that I've had this thing called imposter syndrome where I feel like I have to go the extra mile to fit in, but I don't necessarily fit in. Yeah, Having to do mm-hmm. things so that I'm, you know, accepted in a group, that's not a thing. And the minute I figured that out, I literally re- had to think about all the friendship groups I was in. And I was like, okay, cool, it's time to set boundaries. And that's when my life went up. It's literally gone up since. And like every new friendship group I meet, I'm literally, obviously I don't tell them the story and I don't hide things from them, but I'm more of myself and I'm accepted because I'm myself. I'm, I don't have to go around making everyone happy everyone knows the vibes so yeah that's sort of like how it's been and it was good up until 2020 when all this stuff happened and mm. sort of i don't want to say i relapsed back into stuff but it, it it wasn't as bad as before because now i knew how to deal with it i yeah. I'd, I'd studied on it yeah. and you know I, I was working on myself um I was a very skinny kid, so obviously um, going to the gym helped. I had a gym friend from work. I was eating right. You know, it was just it was just good vibes from then. But yeah, bro, <laughs> I don't even know where to start, man. I really don't know where to start. Um, I was so tuned into every single word that you were saying, and you know, even <laughs> at the start when I st- when I first started this podcast, um, it was more just a open up different areas of my life and kind of just yeah. have a soundboard um and what made it pick up was just be, people being able to relate to a lot of what i was saying um but i felt like i didn't really expose all that much of myself uh before it was kind of more about other people and serving and feeding into what other people go through um so it's very rare or it's been very rare on this uh, on on um, this whole movement and the, my mental health journey through the Crown Crane podcast that I've been moved um, and even encouraged um, to speak like this by someone's story. Um, you know, I was able to relate to every single word, you know, down to a T, you know, different things that you've touched on where I'm like, I, I still hold this in till this day. Like I still hold or battle with this thing till this day. Like it's a part of me that, I like I can't ever yeah. explain to people um, and it's funny enough like you know our, our friend Ruth from the Zoom like I was talking to her recently and I was like man I just understand like Elijah there's something Elijah, about Elijah that I just understand it like it just I get him as a person I just understand him as a person you know and your story like the different things that you've been through like bro it's just an amazing amazing testimony that you're still here today that you're still this positive person that's gone through all of that and still able to just find who you are and it's taken you that long to find who you are but it's like the whole beauty of being able to know that you know what this is who I am and whether people accept me this way or that way I'm still just going to stay true to me and that's like bro that's the key to happiness bro so I just want to commend you for that and even like the little bits of your story where you talked about um, just finding out about your tr- your your parents for the first time and, you know, yeah. the truth behind that. I had to go through something like that at 16, 
you know, after I'd lived, like, obviously it wasn't exactly the same uh, with mine. I was just finding out that um, I had yeah. an older sister. So not, not at 16, at 21, um, that I had an older sister. Um, it was during my third year at uni. And that was, like, my first experience of counselling or anything like that. Because, you know, for 21 years of my life, I thought that my family was just my mum, dad, yeah. brother, sister. And that was it, you know. Um, but then finding out that my dad had a child older than me and he tried to tell me through email and things like that. And I was like, I kept it in. Like, I kept it so internal and I had to just process that. Um, and then, you know, parts of the story where you describe, you know, just having to just tell what seems like petty lies that you don't really need, to, things that you don't really need to just pretend about or anything like that. But it's just you do it as a defense mechanism to not want yeah. to let people down. Even I faced situations like that in my relationship with my ex, you know, just things that I like, you feel like this is going to do more harm than good at the time. And it's like you, in your mind, you convince yourself that, okay, cool, like if I just say this and this, like I'll be able to just sort this situation out. And it makes so much sense to you. But then the, the moment those, that whole thing just caves in, and you're like, oh, I should have just like, but at the time, it's just a big battle yeah. of anxiety and, and having to face it. And that's something that I haven't opened up about. It's the first time I've spoken about that on, on this podcast. But listening to you has encouraged me to do that, you know, um, and it's something that one day I'll be able to share properly and, you know, go through properly. But bro, I'm just so, so, so encouraged by your story, man. I'm so, so, so encouraged Thanks, by man. your story. You know, I think there's not, there's not, there aren't too many people and it takes us all so long. It took me 28 years to feel comfortable in my own skin. You know, 2019 was the year I was able to actually just through all of my breakup and everything like that from my ex to be able to actually just say, you know what, I am enough for me. And from this day forward, I'm just going to live life just being clay every single day. Whoever comes in, whoever comes out they'll get to know me. I'm just going to be transparent as possible. I'm going to wear my emotions on my sleeves and I'm going to wear my mental health on my sleeve. And I'm going to just be meet people at my comfort zone. Do you know what I mean? Whether they like it, they don't like it, yeah. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to be, do you know what I mean? And it takes people so long and I'm just happy for you that you found it at the age that you found it. Um, you know, and trust me, all of those um, lows that you had to experience they'll be worth it, man, for the rest of your life because you're going to meet people that you can count on every single day of your life because they'll know you for who you are. So they're not having to second guess and they're not, getting, they're not having to place you um, within their life. And it's just it's just like the pretense or they don't know where you stand. You're an amazing person. And I'm, bro, I'm just proud of you for being able to find who you are, man, at the age that you have done. Because it takes people a long time to be able to crack that code that life is just about being able to be yourself and be comfortable in your own skin, man. It's really inspiring. Yeah, no, I think it's just the thing of, like, finding this, I think it's called the silver lining. I'm not really sure how to use that word properly, but, like, looking Mm. for positives in in the bad, be it as a lesson, as much as it doesn't look like it's going Mm. in a good place, but... Yeah, like, even though I regret a lot of things I've done, say, the petty lies, the different, like, how situations could have gone differently, like, Mm -hmm. you still learn from it, and as much as you feel bad about it, it's still, like, a thing you can, there's still something you can take from it, and being able to have that mentality, it's not the easiest thing, 
but again it's not the hardest thing it's just about taking life as it comes ensuring that you've set yourself like you've started as yourself you've finished as yourself you haven't like put any fronts up you haven't you know um hidden anything you haven't you haven't made any um unnecessary um like as long as you haven't made any unnecessary compromises earlier on you you would always like take things the way you are taking them not the way you expect to take them not the way you're expected to take them and not the way people would hope that you take them you know you're doing it for you like um i think you know in in our culture like in uganda when the dad dies you know you're expected to get like an inheritance or whatever and for the longest i expected that inheritance but because of the way things happened i wasn't i wasn't given it and i've I've had to work yeah my i have had to work so i could Mm -hmm. literally separate myself from that part of my life like as much as yeah i never really spoke to my dad and i love him but i've had to separate myself from him to be my own person because you know with everyone Mm -hmm. saying oh elijah you remind me so much of your dad oh you look like your dad it it gets the at some point i wanted to pursue acting because it it was it was in my blood it was an easy easy way out i had connections i could have easily done it but it wasn't it wouldn't have been for me like i wouldn't have done it for me i would have just said i want to continue on my dad started but you know still i believe i'm still continuing his legacy in my own way whereas it's not on the screen it's doing things that he loved doing doing you know helping people all that stuff like doing it my way but yeah and that's it and it's so inspiring bro man i'm just proud. i'm even more proud of you thank you man that <laughs> nah, means a lot you know, so, yeah. well it's, 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 a, it's a it's a blessing it's a blessing to have heard your story firsthand um and i'm sure you're going to encourage so so many people um when they do eventually listen to this um to this episode you know i'm, I'm sure people will be tuned in and you know paying attention to each and every single word that's being said it's truly inspiring just to watch you just grow and each arc of your life is just like lesson after lesson after lesson and in each and at the end of each of those arcs it's you still standing tall it's you still kind of just putting 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 that um the work in and taking that next step okay cool i've gone through this but i'm still willing to step into this next chapter I'm still willing to step into this next chapter. I'm moving from Uganda to the UK, from one family to my family and, you know, still being there to actually just put on the backpack and step up and step into that new chapter. It's it's, it's big. It's big, man. Um, Yeah, like I'm just looking at the time for this episode. I'm sure there's there's so much much more that we can actually even talk about. Um, But, you know... And just just to quickly kind of just wrap up, and you know we could have ended it there, but there's you know I just want to just quickly wrap up and um, just get your views on what 2020 yeah. has taught you, um, and how that's shaping you, and how you approach 2021. How you're going to approach this current year, having gone through 2020. What would you say is your kind of biggest quick win? Um, and how you're going to approach this year that's i'll just say it's to appreciate everything as it comes like as much as we are encouraged to dream big and have big goals um life isn't the same as it was you know when such things were being said and as much as they're still true to this day it's not like you shouldn't dream big but you should also accept the small wins and 
learn from the losses. It's not always going to be win after win, win after win. As 2020 showed us, like, we coming in a, in a lockdown, coming out of it, going back in, like, just appreciating the time you have and readjusting yourself in accordingly, you know. Um, a lot of businesses have switched from um, face-to-face interactions to online interactions and they're still thriving. So it's just about being able to adapt and adjust yourself so you don't fall short and don't over um oversell yourself and then not undersell yourself at the same time it's just about finding that balance wherever you find it but working towards that is what i would say my biggest lesson was for sure man elijah honestly thank you so much oh, for thanks for inviting me today um and if, if you, no problem at all and you know i'm sure you'll be back again at one point um if you can just leave your socials to the listeners if they want to follow your art page or um, even your personal page, um, so um, most of my socials are it's only eli underscore my art page is it's only eli art or elijah draws if you type elijah draws it should come up as well okay perfect well everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode of the crown crane mental health podcast